Hey everybody, what's up and welcome in the best on the board presented by BetMGM. It is Friday, July 8th. Michael Beller and Nick Roke here to start your weekend with a look at the Friday Major League Baseball gambling slate. It's Friday, so you know that we have a full day, but it's not just a full day. We've got some great series on tap across the majors, headlined by Yankees, Red Sox, and Phillies Cardinals. Two series that we will be diving into on this episode of uh, Best on the Board. Almost said one of my other podcasts. It, Nick, it's hard to keep podcast brain straight when you're bouncing from one show to another, so I hope you can center me on Major League Baseball gambling here. You're you're centering me. Uh, you just—it's a very gray day, but in a good way. It's sunny gray against John Gray in Arlington. We got a gray. We got a gray versus gray. Gray versus gray. It's actually—it's it's literally gray in the way we talk about weather-wise uh, in Chicago. So hey, man, just keep the theme. Keep the theme rolling. Gray versus gray. Gray for me. I look at my window. It's super gray. I'm going to be talking about one of those grays. Also, it's just—it's all over the place like that. We've got some really fun games to talk about. We're only going to talk about a handful of them here because, as I said, yet Red Sox, Yankees, Phillies, Cardinals couple of really good series there. And so, Nick, let's start out with that Phillies-Cardinals game because we actually both have a play from it. Tonight, you're getting Adam Wainwright for the Cardinals and Zach Wheeler for the Phillies, so a really nice pitching matchup as well. On the money line, we're looking at Cardinals as slight underdogs, even though this game is in St. Louis, plus 105. You've got the Phillies coming in at minus 130 as the favorite. Your play from this game is on that money line. Who are you backing tonight between these two teams? Well, the reason the reason the Phillies are are favorites in this game, even though they're in St. Louis, is because Zach Wheeler's pitching. And Zach Wheeler is a very good pitcher. Yes. Um, let's not. I'm not. I'm not going to try to to talk that one out of <laughs> out of, yes. out of the game here. No. Uh, <laughs> and and this is also a repeat of of a game that happened just last week. Uh, Wheeler faced Wainwright and the Cardinals in Philadelphia. Uh, Wheeler pitched really well. He went seven innings, struck out five. Uh, allowed no runs and only four hits. The Phillies won that game uh, really just for, for nothing. Um, all four of those runs came against Adam Wainwright. Uh, now, again, that game was in Philadelphia, and there there is some sort of familiarity when you – this is happening with a lot of teams and a lot of – the schedule right now across, across baseball – uh, is making this happen for a lot of teams where they're 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 playing the same team. They're playing like a home and home, like an uh-huh. NBA style sort of home and home. Yep. And and pitchers are facing each other. You ba- sort of back to back on their rotations. Uh, now what that means for Adam Wainwright and the Cardinals though is that he is now suddenly in a much much better position than he was last week. Um, a he is a significantly better pitcher. In St. Louis this year, his mm-hmm. uh, his strike of the walk ratio is is like almost double. Um, his batting average is down like forty points in St. Louis. His OPS is down like you know one hundred and eighty points. Um, he is a much much better pitcher again in St. Louis. He's only allowed two home runs in St. Louis all year. Um, and part of the you know the the way the Phillies got to him in that last start was they hit two home runs off of him in one game. Um, those were the those were you know. That's as many home runs as he's allowed all year at home. Uh, it's just a much better setup for Adam Wainwright and the Cardinals uh, right now, uh, being able to play this game in St. Louis. And again, like you know, I, in my opinion, especially with Bryce with Bryce Harper out for the Phillies, the Cardinals are a better lineup. And mm, okay, and and when you you know, especially with with Paul Goldschmidt playing at a, at an MVP style, mm-hmm. you know, type level, Nolan Arnauto is crushing the ball. 
Um, when you get to see a, a pitcher sort of back to back like this, um, it's not on back to back nights, but it's on back to back. The advantage advantage hitter because they know exactly what they're getting. They know they know his arm. You know they know his arm slot. They know you know they know his habits. Um, and because because the Cardinals are a better lineup, and because they're hitting at home, I think that, again another just sort of advantage. It's not that Zach Wheeler is some dumb pitcher. He's a really good <laughs> no, pitcher. God. Yes. But uh, but in this situation, it's a, it's it's an advantageous situation for the Cardinals tonight. Um, it, you know, it's it's basically a toss up game. But yeah. But uh, again, just it's a great matchup. Uh, these two teams are going to be going against each other for a wild card. They they all have essentially the same record right now, or very close. So mm-hmm. uh, this is a, this is a great this is a great this sets up as a great game, and I really like the cat and mouse uh, between between the Cardinals lineup and Zach Wheeler tonight. Yeah, great game, great series. I'm looking forward to Wheeler against this Cardinals lineup specifically as well. And so that's where I'm going to make my first play of this one. Paul, I'm going back to the total bases because, uh, you know, we I did two total base bets on our Tuesday episode. They both hit. So why not try to keep that train rolling? Both of my plays are over total base bets. The first one is Paul Goldschmidt to go over the one and a half mark. That's typically what you're going to see for a total base mark. It's almost always going to be set at one and a half. Paul Goldschmidt is plus 130 to go over that one and a half. And as you said, I get it. Zach Wheeler, really good pitcher. It's hard to, you know, get an extra base hit off of Zach Wheeler. It's hard to get a couple of singles off of Zach Wheeler. And obviously, that's what you need to do to go over one and a half total bases. Two singles, a double, a homer, something like that. Two total bases with your bat. That's not the easiest thing to do. Having said that, Paul Goldschmidt with a plus 130 number on on that. That's ridiculous. I mean, I'm going to take Paul Goldschmidt against anyone if he's getting plus 130 because of the way he's playing this year. 342, 427, 619. If we had to vote on the MVP today, I think he would be the unanimous National League MVP. Just a ridiculous season that Paul Goldschmidt is having in his mid-30s. And so to get him at plus 130, all the respect in the world due to Zach Wheeler, plus 130 is too big a number for Paul Goldschmidt. I'll roll those dice any day of the week. The last time, Nick, the last time that Paul Goldschmidt went consecutive games without a hit, was June 9th through 11th. And he had he had a couple of hits yesterday. So it's not like I'm saying, oh, he's due to bounce back from a hitless game. But that just shows you the consistency that Paul Goldschmidt has had this entire season. We're talking about now a calendar month where he hasn't gone consecutive games without a hit. And I didn't go and look up every single pitcher the Cardinals faced in that time. But I'm willing to bet they face some pretty damn good pitchers, starters, and relievers. And Paul Goldschmidt is just going out there racking up hit after hit after hit, multi-hit game after multi-hit game after multi-hit game, having quite possibly what might be the best season of his career. That's saying something for a dude who's had the career that Paul Goldschmidt has had deep into his mid-30s here. So I really like Paul Goldschmidt at that plus-130 number. This is really a bet on him and the number. Certainly not a fade of Zach Wheeler. Now again, in that in that last game against the Phillies in Philadelphia, in Philadelphia, mind you, uh, Goldschmidt went 0 for three against Wheeler. Uh, Goldschmidt hasn't gotten on base against Wheeler since 2018, but there it's a very small. It's just three. That's three yeah. games ago, two games ago, mm-hmm. um, and you know, let's see. I mean, he's four for 20 against Wheeler. That speaks to the kind of hitter that Wheeler or kind of pitcher that Wheeler is. Mm-hmm. But again, Zach Wheeler is Zach Wheeler right now. Paul Goldschmidt right now is is uh, what, like pick a pick a Hall of Fame first baseman. That's yes. what Paul Goldschmidt is right now. <laughs> the the idea that this is plus one thirty is wild. I mean that's that, that's like the best reason for this bet. Um, he's an like he, like you said he's an MVP right now. That's that's crazy. 
Exactly. And that's why I go with it. Love to see a plus 130 next to Paul Goldschmidt's name, only needing to get the two total bases for a victory for me. Should be a great game and a great series uh, starting tonight in St. Louis between the Phillies and the Cardinals. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Nick, let's flip things over to the American League. Yankees and Red Sox should be a great series. We've got the Red Sox at plus 135 on the money line tonight. That makes the Yankees minus 160 favorites in Boston. And and it's pretty easy to see why they're such a big spread. Connor Siebold taking the ball for the Red Sox. Nestor Cortez headed to the All-Star game. He's taking the ball for the Yankees. You, however, find yourself backing the underdog Red Sox in this one at that plus 135 number. Let's hear the argument. Yeah, again, I don't know if I don't know if you would call this like a value play, but 135 tips it, you know, against, kind of against the Yankees on this one. Um, it's a marquee matchup, obviously. The game is in Fenway. It's going to be it's going to be hyped. There's going to be a lot going on. Um, now Again, again, I'm not, I'm not necessarily picking against Nestor Cortez in this one, but uh, Connor Siebold for the Red Sox, he is not going to be pitching for very long. Mm-hmm. Um, he's started two games this year. Uh, like, you know, he, he's last. I think he lasted like two innings in his last start. Um, no, lasted four innings, I guess, in his last start. But he's not, he's not meant to last very long. The Red Sox don't need him. To go to go six or seven innings, it's it's almost kind of like a bullpen game, and the and the Yankees this year are they they hit much better against starting pitchers. Um, they're down they're down about forty points in batting average against against relievers. Um, they're down about about thirty points on OPS against relievers, and the Red Sox, you know. When you look at the full year, their bullpen is pretty good. It's like 10th or 11th ranked in baseball. Uh, the Yankees have the second best bullpen in baseball behind only only the Braves. Um, but in the last two weeks, and I hesitate to go with sort of like two-week splits sure. for anything because it's a small sample. But with bull, because bullpens tend to be so streaky, uh, I don't mind it for bullpens. And in the last two weeks, the Red Sox bullpen is significantly better. They're a top five bullpen. They're like a, I think they're like the fourth best bullpen in, in the major leagues in the last two weeks. So if, if this turns out to be a kind of bullpen game for the Red Sox, which it seems like it's essentially, it's kind of like a half bullpen game, um, behind Connor Siebold, I think that's advantage Red Sox, uh, at Fenway Park. The, like, it's tough to pick against the Yankees right now. Obviously, they're the best team in baseball by far. Uh, but it just kind of like, it's like a, you know, anytime you, anytime you have a game that's meant to go to the bullpen, bullpens are weird. They're quirky weirdos. And then, and when they, when they take over a game, games tend to be quirky weirdo games. And, you know, when you kind of get the Yankees off track a little bit out of kind of like out of their element, there, there might be a, there might be some advantage here for, for the Red Sox in this game. I, I, it's, you know, it's like, it's a tough one to totally gauge again because the Yankees are so good, but I like the Red Sox in this game. They and and it's not like they're the Red Sox even straight up are some pushover team. 
if they weren't playing in the AL East, they'd be, you know, we'd be talking about them mm-hmm. probably a lot more. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a great matchup. Everybody's gonna be everybody's gonna be, uh, you know, rise to the hype of this game, and and I like the Red Sox overall. If you're feeling the Red Sox a little bit, I will say there's an argument for jumping on it right now. Anthony Rizzo is dealing with his annual back spasm issue. Pretty much always happens right in this time of year, right around the All-Star break. He's missed the last three games. And then Aaron Judge uh, sat out uh, on Thursday with a minor injury issue also. So we could be talking about a Yankees lineup that is without both Judge and Rizzo. And that's a much different, still a good lineup, still a very good lineup, but a much different looking lineup when you don't have to deal with Aaron Judge or Anthony Rizzo. So there's an argument to be made that if you want to do it, do it now, because if one or both of those guys are out, wouldn't, you know, you know, we don't necessarily always see hitters move a gambling line, but you're talking about two guys of that caliber, guys who hit second and third in this lineup whenever they're in there. That's the one that could move it a little bit. So strike while you have an opportunity before we get word on Judge and Rizzo. I'm going to take things over to Twins and Rangers for my final bet and the final bet of this episode of Best on the Board. Luisa Rise over one and a half bases plus 110 is the number that we are looking at here. Now, Arias and the Twins, a very tough matchup tonight. They are facing John Gray, who has been excellent for about the last two months. Uh, dealing with a little bit of a knee issue earlier in the season, was pitching with a knee brace for a while. Got that off, and you know, really, sort of presto changeo, has looked like a completely different pitcher since he's been free of that knee brace. So this is definitely going to be a tough matchup for Arias and the Twins. I'll throw one more argument Against the bet that I am making here, you want a guy with some uh, extra base pop when you're making a total base bet because you want a guy to be able to go up and take care of this in in one at bat. That's not really the case for Luis Arias. Now, on the plus side here, we're talking about a leadoff man playing on the road in a game where his team is favored. The Twins are minus 120 on the money line. All that means uh, if things play to the expected script, Luis Arias is probably getting five plate appearances in this game. Thing number two, an 8% strikeout rate on the season for Arias. This guy just does not swing and miss. So you're going to have a lot of balls in play. A 10% walk weight, walk rate, excuse me. It's a good number, obviously. It's not an overwhelming number, and we actually don't like walks for total base bets. So that, too, working in our favor a little bit. And then Arias just excellent against right-handed pitching this year. We're talking about a guy who's hitting 354 on the season, sitting 383 against righties. All four of his homers, 13 of his 14 doubles have come against righties as well. So whatever little extra base pop he does have shows itself against righties in a way that is basically non-existent against lefties. Add it all up, and I feel pretty comfortable with that plus 110 number that Arias can get to two total bases tonight. You know, in his matchup, in the starting pitching matchup for him against John Gray, John Gray uh, is pitching really well lately. Like you said, he's he's and he's striking batters out. He struck out seven Mets in his last start. He struck out eight in Kansas City before that. Um, but like you mentioned, so, you know, John Gray's not walking a lot of guys right now. Uh, he walked one against the Mets, just two against the Royals. It's not a lot. He's in the zone. And if you, and if you're going against a hitter who makes a lot of contact, that, like that, that's where you, that's how you lead. That's what leads to extra base hits. And he only needs one. He, like, yeah. he only needs one. Um, you know, you know, one simple double, even if it doesn't hurt John Gray, well, it, boom, you won your bet. Like that, you know, that's all that, that's all that matters. And, you know, w- w- a pitcher who's in the zone, like, like John Gray is right now, um, against a contact guy, that's a, that, that's, that's looking like, 
that's looking like a busy day for Luis. Cardinals, Phillies, Yankees, Red Sox, the headline series this weekend. We've got plays there, but hey, don't forget about Luis Arias and that league-leading 354 batting average as well. The plays we offer up on this episode of Best on the Board. That will do it for this episode, so we are going to say goodbye. For Nick Groke, I am Michael Beller. Thanks so much for listening. Good luck. Happy betting. Have yourselves a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon.